Hello and welcome everybody to the 25 North podcast. Once again, we are here with the final installment of Meet the Crew. And today I have the pleasure and privilege to be joined by Corey, who will be interviewing me. Hey, Corey, what's happening? Hey, hey, um, pleasure to be back on uh, with you here. And my turn to spin the tables and ask you some questions to get down to the root of what creates a GM that's crazy enough to dive into um, the Indigo Isles, not just as a DM, but as a podcast, because that takes a certain level. So, but we'll get into that as we go. Um, doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It was a good day. We opened up the podcast or the podcast. We opened up the Discord to the public today. We had our first episode air. That one was Cynthia. And within 12 hours, we already had 12, 25 listens. So that's that's a good thing for a brand new podcast. That I mean, we haven't really done a whole lot of advertising beyond twi- a couple handful of Twitter posts. So yeah, that was good. Um, got a pretty decent community in our Discord already. I think we're up to 20 some odd folk. So that's great. A lot of a lot of friends from other servers, but a couple new folks that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, man. Pretty good day. Um Yeah, and and I, I was while this was all happening, I was at a virtual work conference. So that was my day. I just sat at the computer listening to people talk on one screen. While greeting and welcoming everybody to the Discord server on the other. Well, hey, that works. Uh, it's nice being able to multitask. Uh, it drives me nuts at my job. I have one screen, and it's quite small. But I come home, which is about 45 feet away from my office, if I were to draw a straight line um, at work. And I've got six feet of monitor space here, side to side, across three screens. So the difference is huge, and it drives me nuts. Um but yeah, that multitasking ability is pretty, uh, pretty important. And the fact that the uh, Discord server is already taking is also really exciting. It's going to be definitely the most accessible way for people who know us and people who are coming into the community to get to first know us. Um, thanks to these episodes airing first and then the adventure to follow. Oh, absolutely. We... Not all of us are on Twitter. I think about half of the crew are on Twitter. So Discord really is the best place to get a hold of us. And I will be going on a two-week vacation at the end of May. So we're going to... I'd like to try to record a bunch of episodes, a grip of episodes before I go on vacation and get those edited. So we can drop... I'm guess I'm hoping for about three, uh, three episodes right off the bat on the first day. And then weekly after that. I think that's the plan. So, yeah, which is awesome. I'm um, you're aiming for that hour, hour and a half mark, right? Yeah, I'm not going to go for a hard and fast time, anywhere between fifty minutes to like a um, an hour and twenty minutes. That that half hour range is what I'm shooting for. So yeah, that natural sweet spot um, that everybody's come to know and love. Um, so I guess I should ask some questions to get us into it. We'll start off soft, and then we'll get into some of the more meaty ones as we go. First off, how long have you been doing or playing tabletop role-playing games? 
Well, I'm going to age myself by telling you my age. I'm 39 years old, and I've been playing role-playing games for, man, since I was 15. So a long time, man. Uh, Almost 20, 25 years now? Yeah, yeah, almost 25 years. Here, I'll help age you even further there. That's actually (laughs) uh, longer than my girlfriend has been alive. <laughs> so that's oh, uh, that's remarkable. And was there some moment that you remember in your youth, or even more recently, um, that it kind of clicked and you went, "I love this, and I'm going to keep doing this forever, or for the yeah. foreseeable future." Yeah. So um, in high school, I had a friend of mine. Um, his name was King. Um, that was his first name was King, and I remember very fondly that. In the mornings of high school, we would we there was a group of us friends that would hang out, and King would hang out with us, and he had his AD and D monster manual with him, and we would just go through the AD and D monster manual, and he would pick a, a monster at random, and he would say, "Hey, Jason, so how would you take this one out?" And then I would describe how I would take out that monster. And then I would do the same thing for him. And he'd had me the book. I'd flip to a random page and he, I would ask him, you know, how do you take out a Tarrasque? Oh, you know, well, you cast a wish spell. Or how do you take out a Fae? Use a cold, cold iron weapon, you know, stuff like that. And that was, that was one of the big moments. The other one was when I got another group of friends of, and we started playing Vampire the Masquerade. And it was, that that's when it clicked too. Is like that's my that was my first actual taste of GMing, and Vampire was called storytelling. Um, you were the storyteller, but that was the first taste that I got of GMing, and just seeing the glee and the joy on my friend's face after I ran them through a mission in Vampire, I was like, oh okay, yep. So beyond just being a TTRPG nerd, that moment of running Vampire and and seeing the joy on people's face at the story that I was helping them tell was when it was what sold me on being a GM. Yeah, that's uh that's fair. I've got a bit of experience running. I'm still fairly newer to the whole TTRPG um, scene as we talked about in my episode, but even I've experienced a, a more miniaturized version of that introducing friends to D and D that have gone on to start their own games um, that have outlasted the one that I started by years at this point um and that's a cool feeling and it's hard to shake that or get it anywhere else um do you ever miss being a player you know i do a little bit um i have recently been able to scratch that itch um i'm currently a player in actually one of our members in our discord server Corey. she is running a a um Night of the Great Death adventure that I'm playing with a bunch of other GMs. So she is GMing it for myself, Tyler from MinMaxed, um, and a handful of others that, and we're, we're just having a good time. And it's such a different beast getting five GMs to play as players because I tell you what, those first couple sessions were went way off the rails. We were just 
having a blast and not at all following the story path. And I, I laugh because I kind of feel bad for Corey that she, she got stuck improving so much of those first eight hours of play. But at the same time, we're back on the rails now and we're having a blast. And uh, do you feel prepared to handle pulling in the reins? Um, proverbially, proverbial. Oh, wow, words are hard. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I know what you're saying. Yourself having issues pulling in the reins um, at all with the group going forwards, going into the Indigo Isles. It's a colorful romp from what we've been told, uh, as limited yeah. as it may be, full of character or colorful characters and creatures that uh, you don't normally see in Galarian. Um, any no. special little tidbits there you might want to share going into it? So as far as keeping the the, the group on rails, um, from everything that I've not that I know, and Stephen and Mark tell, uh, talk about the adventure path, it is very like a very much like an action movie. Go 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 go. So I think that in and of itself will help put you all or keep you all on the rails. Um, it's my experience that oftentimes the downtime. And the lack of um, clear a clear direction is what can send folks off the rails. And this sounds very much like it's the, it's the antithesis of that. It's you you get to from A to B, and once you get to B, you immediately got to jump to C, and so on and so forth. So perfect. Well, and that's likely going to be a nice change. Um, for some of our listeners who are used to more of that homebrew, very open world, what the hell are they doing experience, uh, I know I look forward to it as a player um, because I'm going to try and break that um, <laughs> forward progression all at the same. And I think the rest are probably feeling a little bit of the same, but we'll see as we go. Um, yeah, I think there's um, there is there is the old adage, and this is something that I they talked about in Southern Tomfoolery once too. That there has to be an amount of of buy in to an adventure path. Like you, 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 there, there's a point where you do have to somewhat buy into it and be a little bit on rails. But as far as um, testing those boundaries that's feel free man go for it <laughs> i think it'll be uh less testing the the boundaries that are set there intentionally and more creative output um mm -hmm. that'll strain that and i look forward to seeing how you handle that i'm sure a lot yeah. of other people will um absolutely as far as your other point about the indigo isles that is something that is, we could probably get into it a little bit um this world the the original world that is written into the adventure path is not galarian the the world is alencar and that is a completely new campaign setting that i am not privy to at this moment since i don't have the book so i've done the legwork to go ahead and homebrew the indigo isles into galarian and work it into that mythology in that campaign setting using that lore um so this very much will be a paizoverse podcast using the jewel of the indigo isle adventure path as the backbone but not the campaign setting 
Um, it's just the way the the way the timing worked out with this one is that I didn't have all that data and all those books at at my disposal, and I still don't right now to do that legwork and that prep work about learning the world and learning the deities and so on and so forth. So I made this the decision to homebrew this into Galarian. Specifically, the Indigo Isles will be a, an archipelago chain off of the runes of Aslant in, um, in Galarian. And it'll be a sp- very specific archipelago. And, well, well I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well... That some of the some of the larger NPCs will rear their heads as as we progress throughout the story. Well, and I ask questions at this point because I'm sure people will will want to know, but also because I'm still curious myself. I've had little tidbits here and there, but you've kept everything pretty hush hush. So it's going to be uh, an exciting romp for myself and the rest of the players going forwards. Um couple just quick questions we'll do a speed round here for you what's your sign i am a scorpio november 3rd oh big shock there no just kidding (laughs) Um, would you describe yourself as more of an introvert or an extrovert i would describe myself as an extroverted introvert if that makes sense i completely understand i consider myself the same i am personable and i like talking to people but i also need my own space and uh, yeah, I, it takes me a little bit to come out of my shell, but once I get to know folk and I get to know people, then I'm pretty open. It's that initial tempering period that is, that makes me very introverted. Yeah. You have to figure out people's vibes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're Scorpio, November, winter, you're in Minnesota, correct? Are you from there originally? No, no. So a little bit about me. I am an army brat. My dad was U.S. Army. I was born in South Korea and then have moved all over the world since then. Um, I I come from a pretty standard um, divorced family. My my parents split up when I was two. Um, My mom went back to Korea and I stayed with my dad and moved all over the world. I've lived in North Carolina, Alabama, Wisconsin, Belgium. Um, those are probably the places that I've spent the most time. But when I, I ended up moving in with my grandparents in the lat- latter half of middle school, and that was in Wisconsin. And so I was there from the latter half of middle school through through high school. And then I went to the University of Minnesota. And I've been here since. So ever since I was 18, I've lived in Minnesota. So the vast majority of my life, I've lived in Minnesota. Uh, Do you still enjoy traveling after kind of bouncing around so much in your youth? I do. As a matter of fact, I really, I really do love traveling. I have found that for as much as I kind of, I'm kind of a little sad that I didn't get that traditional childhood where I know all the names of my teachers. I've had a best friend since I was in kindergarten type situation. That wasn't my, that wasn't my experience, but at the same, at at the flip side of that, I have gotten 
a much more global perspective. I think growing up, moving from state to state, country to country, it's given me the opportunity to learn a foreign language that I still speak fluently to this day. And I can, I do have, like I mentioned, that bit of a global perspective that I do really do cherish and gives me a different insight. Insight's important, and this world while big is quickly growing smaller thanks to advances in technology. Um, even in the past 100 years or the past 20, it's remarkable. You would remember it more than I would, uh, just due to my age. You know, I'm the young guy on the crew at this point. Um, <laughs> I can remember a time without the internet, so that'll tell you, tell you yeah. something. Yeah, I, I can't say that I do. I remember dial-up but I definitely don't remember a time before the internet, which is a crazy statement to be able to make in this modern era. Right. Um, so you've moved around, you've kind of settled your roots. Um, what do you miss the most from out in the world? Is it the food? Is it just the difference for, for me? Well, I, I went two places with that question, man. The first place I went is what do I miss the most about not being in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that the very much is my friends I and my coworkers. There is something to be said for actually being able to get dressed, go to a place, work, and have those drive-by conversations with your coworkers. Um, and then being able to physically walk out the door and come home to a completely separate space and environment. Um, now that I'm working from home permanently, that that distinction, something that I really used to pride myself on was the, the separation between um, professional and private life, my home life and my work life. And that those lines are so blurred nowadays that I just work from home permanently. So that's what I've missed the most about the world as it used to be three years ago. What I miss most about the world in general being um, having grown up a, an international childhood, it would be the food. I think there is. I, I'm you know me well enough. I'm a bit of a foodie and there is the food is amazing. Being able to try and and being open to other local delicacies and some stuff. Like, for example, I'll give you one example. And this might strike some folks as crass a little bit, maybe. But growing up and spending four years of my childhood in Belgium, I grew up eating horse. I would love to eat horse. I haven't tried it, but I would give it a shot. Anything with four legs that they eat somewhere in the world, I'm yeah. probably interested you know, but you say that to somebody to to somebody who's grown up their entire life in the United States. In, in the United States, the horse is a domesticated animal, and you don't eat it. But I've I've had horse, and it is delicious. So, um, again, I think that's that global perspective I was mentioning. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely intrigued by horse. If I was overseas, I would not be one of those that would hesitate. Um, <laughs> all right, so a couple. Kind of oddball questions here for you. Just uh, yeah, we'll, why not? We'll wrap, it, we'll wrap it up on a on a on a few strange ones. I threw a couple strange ones about pie and cake. So yeah, this is true. Um, 
I'll save my favorite one for last. Here. What would the title of the book about you be if it was written from your worst enemy's perspective? Oh my gosh. My worst enemy's perspective. I would have to say that it would come off as... It would just be a single word. It'd be arrogance. Arrogance. That's yeah. fair. That is fair. Um, mine would probably be stop talking to yourself. Um, the story of Corey stopping Corey. Or following the same line, if we were re- releasing a series of books um, written by the members of the podcast, I think mine would likely be Pride. Um, I'm pretty aware of it as a strong feature and a great downfall at times. And realizing <laughs> it... Uh, take some introspection and so does arrogance. Yeah. I mean, if I had to assign myself one of the seven deadly sins, I would probably, it would either, it would either be pride or sloth. That's fair. That's actually one of my favorite questions to ask people when I'm getting to know them, because it's not one that you normally hear. So which of the sins would you affiliate yourself with? You say pride and sloth for myself. It's very much pride and wrath. Um, Mm. Those are the lines that I know that I tread at times. Um, But some people have never thought about it in that. Um, They think of sin as something that's much more extreme than it necessarily has to be. Right. So, yeah, it's Um, interesting you put it that way. I I mean, you're hitting on it, too. if, If anybody who knows me and you're familiar with me in the Discord, um, you know that I'm a bit of a movie nerd. And so this one of the things that attracted me to this adventure path was the fact that Steven Glicker um, really pulled out a lot of screenwriting tricks in writing this adventure path and movie tricks and the way that they frame and set um, movie scenes up with this. So, the fact that um, that's one of the things that really intrigued me. But the question about the seven deadly sins was it brings up one of my favorite movies and favorite directors. Um, David Fincher is one of my top three directors and the movie seven is one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I can honestly say it's been several years since I watched it. I'll, uh, I'll add it to my list. Um, yeah, it's, speaking- it's absolutely brilliant, man. I mean, I could, if we wanted to do a whole conversation about movies, I I love movies, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy movies as well, but I will admit my particular interest uh, falls heavily into the more uh, monster-oriented. Um, I'm a big Godzilla fan, all the way back okay. to the beginning. Um, and that's something that I don't know where it started, but I don't see it going anywhere. Did you have, so are you a fan of Guillermo del Toro and his monster movies? Uh, yes, I'm not as familiar with them as I should be, admittedly. I've watched yeah. a few here and there, um, but Pan's, I've, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, Pan's is great. Uh, yep. I'm trying to think what else I've seen that's new. You've seen Pacific Rim, has a, the oh. original Pacific Rim. Oh, of course. I Pacific Rim is probably the movie that I've seen the most times in movie theaters. I lived yeah. right next to the cheap seats uh, in this in Saskatoon, so it was about a three minute walk over, and they had uh, two dollar matinees. So I think I saw Pacific Rim four or five times in theaters at least by myself. Nice. Yeah, um, it's so good, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a little bit of a closer here. 
Um, okay. You've mentioned you love movies. Mm-hmm. You've briefly kind of mentioned reading in itself. If you were going to recommend three books to the listeners today, what would they be? Ooh, that's a great question. Three books to the listeners. Because I could take that a number of different ways. I, I'm i honestly I, writing them down for myself as well. So, so I think I would recommend my favorite book of all time, which is American Gods. If uh, you're not familiar with it, it's written by Neil Gaiman. And it is about mythology and faith in mythology. And it's about the old mythological gods exist. But the reason that they're not in power anymore is because people don't believe in them anymore. And that is really the thrust of the novel. Um, So you get to meet Odin and Bast and Osiris and Native American gods and African gods. And it's, it's phenomenal. So if you're into mythology, that would be one of them. The second book I would recommend is one that my, my wife, Christy made me read when we first started dating and it's quick, it quickly has climbed up. And I, I tend, I find myself thinking about this book more and more. Um, and it's just not really escaping my brain and that's pillars of the earth by Ken Follet. And it is, it's about a family who is charged with designing and building a cathedral in uh, medieval England. And that's really the whole point of the story. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing because the, the, the set piece is the cathedral itself and it's the people around the cathedral who are building it. It's, it's great. It's well done. And as far as the third one, I would probably put at the mountains of madness, HP Lovecraft. I have to have a horror in there. And um, Lovecraft, for all of the flaws that are involved in him and the person he was, he's still to this day. And that that story, the at the Mountains of Madness, to this day is one of it's one that stays with me. So, for sure, yeah, a flawed man, but his his writings and ramblings have forever changed the landscape for horror and monsters mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people. So, yeah. Um, you have to respect it all the same. So thank you for those. I'm going to have to check a couple of them out. I know that I have myself read American Gods. Um, I think I have a copy of Pillars of the Earth here that I've never even cracked the spine on. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll check that one out next here. Um, Excellent. Any final statements, things that you want to share with the people? If everything goes according to plan, the next... The next release, after you listen to this one, will be three episodes of the podcast. And I hope that it turns out as well as it is in my head. I have it in my head, and I hope you all are enjoying and sticking with us. Because I think you're going to be in for a wild, fun, crazy, fast-paced, action-heavy ride. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jason, uh, for having me. This is more so your show uh, when it comes <laughs> to these interviews. And uh, once we get into it, we may have to revisit and have a little sit down and see what differences there are after running it for you know several months here compared to what you were expecting. Um, Absolutely. And might be interesting to do the same with us players as well. That little bit of introspection. Uh, we'll see if people are interested. Absolutely. 
All right, brother. Thanks. Pathfinder is property of Paizo Incorporated. The Jewel of the Indigo Isles Adventure Path is property of BattleZoo and Roll for Combat, copyright 2022. The theme music is used with permission, written and performed by Winches and Rogues. Check them out on Bandcamp and Facebook. All trademarks are property of their respective owners. 